listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode... <laughs> oh my God, I put... <laughs> This is how you could tell that we're really tired from the drive, because when I was writing this episode, there's no description. It just says, this is an episode. This so episode, folks, this is an episode. But first, no, I was it. Um, this episode, we're talking about what happens when uh, you're reading a book and you're just really disappointed. It's not what you thought it was going to be. It's not what it was promised. You were not given what you were promised. What do you do? How often does this happen? And, uh, and and what are some solutions here? Uh, but first, Bria, what are you reading? I am listening to, uh, through our Libro FM account. I love this Libro FM account that I have. It has kind of changed my life um, because I make myself get a certain number of steps every day. And then I listen to my little audio book. Um, and I love a good nonfiction on there or a memoir. And I'm listening to Live Wired, The Inside Story of the Ever-Changing Brain by David Eagleman. Um, I texted Mallory a couple weeks ago and was like, I think brain books might be one of my uh, wheelhouses because I do love a book about like how the brain works. So did you know that you're, you're not the same person that you were yesterday? Your brain has changed since then. And your brain has changed a lot since last week. Like literally your brain is always creating new um, synapse connections and new uh, pathways and learning new things. And, um, uh, uh, improving or like getting rid of old pathways that you don't use anymore. Your brain is literally always changing. And that's what this book is about. It's about that. Um, it's about how your brain adapts. And it goes through everything from like, um, you know, when people have to learn to use like a robotic limb or like what happens, uh, the difference between like losing your sight or being born without sight and um, losing your sight after the age of eight is like very different the way your brain handles it. And just like the interesting way like your brain is able to handle certain things and why human brains, so, you know, human babies, useless, uh, uh, but human, uh, but other babies uh, from other species. Bria's review of a baby, useless. Useless. Uh, other other species babies uh, are way more useful and, and like are born kind of knowing what to do. But it's in part because we as humans are, um, uh, are born with like our brains, like there's like nothing mapped onto them. So we like have to, but but it's good for us because it means that we can constantly change and update our brains. And we need that, that, that like flat surface of nothing when we're born so we can learn and become the things that we are going, like we can focus on certain things. And that's why we can do so many things. Whereas like an owl can just like be up at night and eat mice. You know, they're not ever going to learn to play the piano. Um <laughs> What a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> what a disappointment. Um, anyway, so Live Wired, uh, that's what I was listening to. Uh, Mallory, what are, you list- what are you reading? So I'm reading a book. It just came out last month, I think. It's by an author that I really like. It's Milk Fed by Melissa Broder, mm. who re- she's got a st- an essay collection, a poetry collection, and she wrote the novel P- The Pisces that came out a few years ago that I loved about merman sex. Um and this new book is just as sort of ridiculous and wild and funny, but also very poignant at the same time. Uh, and content warnings for disordered eating and eating disorders. Um, uh, I I also used to have an eating disorder and have disordered eating, but I don't, and everyone's mileage may, may vary, of course, but me reading this is actually sort of comforting because I'm like, oh my God, I totally understand all this stuff. Uh, it's about this woman. She's in her early 20s. Uh, she used to be, she, she used to be really religious, uh, Jewish, 
Um, but she has given all of that up and now like basically her new, the thing that obsesses her world and that she focuses on is calorie restriction. Um, she lives in Los Angeles. She works at like this talent agency, but really the thing that matters most to her is making sure that she doesn't eat and restricts her calories. Um, and till one day her therapist is like, you need to do something like this is not sustainable for you. Um, so she decided her therapist encourages her to spend a few months not speaking to her mom because her mom is the person who encourages the calorie counting and the, in the calorie restriction. And she, and the main character ends up meeting this, another young Jewish woman, um, who is very religious. Um, but she, she works at a frozen yogurt store in Los Angeles and she, um, it, the two of them hit it off right away and the the froyo lady wants to feed her and take care of her and they start <laughs> like this very weird surreal um like sexual relationship that's also involved with frozen yogurt and like it's basically the story of this young woman trying to heal herself and come to terms with like um uh, just like her her desire and her like her spiritualism and like stop and like being able to take care of herself but all, while all being like very funny and ridiculous um Melissa Broder has this amazing ability to make a story that is so bonkers and over the top but also like so meaningful and um just deep that it's it's really really impressive and I'm I'm not done with it but I'm really really enjoying it so far uh so that's Milk Fed by Melissa Broder and mine is Live Wired, The Inside Story of the Ever-Changing Brain by David Eagleman. Uh, so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We have a hot book tip from VV. Wow, wow, hot book tip. Hot, hot book tip. Hot book tips with Brian Mallory when they're tired in the morning. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was like my... It's like uh, a cat, a cat, like we, what is that? Uh, what, what, what's, it's like my whammy bar noise. Oh, to me, it kind of sounded like, you remember these things that like, they were like little things that you turned over and it would be like, um, it'd make like a moo, like a little toy. Do you know what I'm talking about? It'd go like, meow. Oh my God. I totally know. <laughs> it could be that too. <laughs> so uh, so like uh, Vivi says, uh, they say, I wanted to pass along a hot book tip that a friend recommended to me a few years ago, checking the library app to see if books that have been on your physical TBR shelf forever are available as audio or eBooks between grad school and the pandemic. My ability slash drive to read print books has greatly diminished, but having an audiobook on while I work on other tasks have been, has been manageable. It helps me feel like I'm getting through my TBR shelf. I also like moving the bookmark along in my physical copy, even though I am listening to the whole book. Oh, that's interesting. That's, I, a, that's a hot book tip. Yeah, I like this. So basically you're like, I really want to read this book, but it hasn't been available. Or maybe, yeah, maybe it's not available from the library. Or maybe you have it, but you're like, I'm never going to get to this unless I listen to this. I've been doing this too. If there's a book where I'm like, I do want to read this, but I'm never going to. So I'll just get it as a um, an audiobook. It helps me to actually yeah. get through it. We talked uh, a little bit about this in our one of our past episodes, how to decide what to read next. Some people need a deadline, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. this is really helpful for folks. Mm-hmm. So we got a bookmark tip and a wheelhouse by Jerry. Uh, discovered your show a few months ago, and I'm already obsessed. Thanks for making my TBR list virtually insurmountable. You're welcome. I had custom bookmarks made for my book club. Oh, my God, so cute. I've always enjoyed the look of tassels, and I found it wasn't too expensive to order some in bulk and give them out to my club. Ah, 
Jerry, send me this link. Send us this link. Uh, my group loves them. He, he, he sent us a photo. It's really funny. It's, uh, hold on. So Jerry, Jerry's Book Club is the Unicorn Guild of World Readers, a silly book club for charming individuals. And it's, uh, yeah, Jerry, this is the coolest fucking idea to so, do for your book club. So cute. Um, someone submitted a tip about using Post-it notes for a bookmark, and I had to follow up. I had a follow-up tip for that. A tip on a tip. Um, I've used post-it notes to mark page to read as part of my daily reading goal. Daily reading goals are very useful for me when reading because some t- reading something with a due date. I hear that. A book club selection or a library loan, for example, it helps me keep on track. Um, I've used it for larger, more intimidating books. It helps me to break down break it down to bite-sized pieces so I can know I I know I can actually finish those major epics. Yeah, I hear you, Jerry. When I was in grad school. I would basically just have a goal every day. Like I have to get to this point in in the book and I and marking with a bookmark would be great. Oh my God, these bookmarks are really cute. <laughs> All right, hopefully we can post those on our Instagram. We'll ask. Um, a wicked cute idea. Yeah. Um, so we'll have some progress from Jerry. Found family, ensemble adventure with characters of various skill sets, uh, rivals, friends to enemies, vice versa, heroic self-sacrifice and development of a skill set. This is a new one, development of a skill set that people have started to submit quite a bit. I Yeah, it's a new thing. I've noticed it. It's. I wonder if like a book came out with it that had this and a bunch of folks were like, oh, I like this. I know. Well, it's a bit of, I mean, it's definitely like Harry Potter is the one I feel like people are referring to a little bit. They like that they like are learning with each book. Um, but I feel like there are a lot of like, especially YA books that people are like learning throughout. But uh, great, good, good wheelhouse. Uh, so quick bookmark from me again from last week. I just want to remind uh, all booksellers and librarians, uh, my next book, Girly Drinks, which is the history of women drinking all around the world, uh, is coming out October 19th. And if you are a librarian or a bookseller and you want an advanced copy of it, email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com and I will get you one. We want to get it into the hands of booksellers and librarians. So excited to bring this book out into the world. I actually don't know if we will have announced the pre-order and the cover yet. I know we're doing that imminently, but I don't know if it's going to, that'll be a thing that has happened since or when this, this episode comes out. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, all librarians and booksellers, get at me at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And for all folks, uh, if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And before we talk about what to do about disappointing books, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is supported in part by The Rock from the Sky, a new children's book by John Klassen from Candlewick Press. John Klassen is a number one New York Times best-selling creator with many titles and awards to his name, including a Caldecott medal. In The Rock from the Sky, critters adorned with various hats have their favorite spot in a rather post-apocalyptic-looking landscape. But they remain blissfully unaware of a large rock hurtling towards them, threatening complete oblivion. Klassen is known for his deadpan storytelling. As reviewers have commented, this is Waiting for Godot imagined for the playground population. Kind of sounds amazing, honestly. Uh, get The Rock from the Sky now from wherever you get books. Somewhere between science and superstition, there is a podcast. <gasps> Look, your daughter doesn't say she's a demon. She says she's the devil himself. That thing is not my daughter. 
And I want you to tell me there's a show where the hosts don't just report on French science and spirituality, but take part themselves. Well, there is, and it's Ono, Ross, and Carrie on Maximum Fun. This year, we actually became certified exorcists. So yes, Carrie and I can help your daughter. (laughs) Or we can just talk about it on the show. Ono, Ross, and Carrie on MaximumFun.org. This week, we've all had it happen. A new book comes out from an author you love, or you find a book that's totally in your wheelhouse, or you start a new book that's really buzzy, and what's the sad trombone noise? Wah, wah. Yeah, yeah. Wah, wah. (laughs) It's a huge disappointment, and it does not live up to your expectations. What do you do? Do you throw it in a lake? Do you push through anyway? Bria, has this ever happened to you? Ooh, yes. Especially because I am prone to a buzz. I hear that buzz. I start chomping a bit to get that honey. I've this is a horrible metaphor. Um, Give me I, that buzzy book. I uh, I and I want to read. I love reading the newest book. This is something people know about me. And and then I'll be like a quarter of the way through and or halfway through, and I'm like, why am I reading this? This was buzzy, but I am not enjoying it. And sometimes books are buzzy and. That doesn't mean they're for us. Uh, Mallory, does it happen to you? Oh, my God. It happens all the time. It's, I think this is a totally normal thing. It's happened to me like a week ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think what ha- the, the biggest problem here is that there's some kind of weird embarrassment that readers feel. Like if they don't like a book and it feels like everybody else did, especially if it's a really buzzy book or if it's an author that you love and like you're just like, oh, like, oh. And you like don't want to tell people like, oh, no, I didn't like that book. Um, But we are here at Reading Glasses to tell you that it is fucking okay. Um, Reading is such a subjective experience and there's a million reasons why you might not be into a book. It doesn't even mean that the book is a bad book. It's just not for you or it's just not for you right now. Um, So, Bria, what do you do when this happens? What do you do when you start reading, when you follow the call of that buzz and there's no honey there? (laughs) (laughs) The bees lead you there to this... They're, they're mystical hive, and then you go inside, and there's no honey. Um, look, I, I guess I just have to recognize not every book is for me. In fact, I'm going to say most books aren't for me. Most most books. Uh, many are, but that doesn't, it doesn't make me a bad reader, or the, it doesn't even mean the book is bad. It actually still has merit. There are probably many people who will like it. It's just not a good fit for me. Um, I'll be perfectly honest. I will sometimes try to get through a little bit more if it's buzzy enough or if it's an author that has a lot of buzz and I'll be like, what is the deal here? Or I will, I'll start asking myself that question. I start going through the, what's the deal here? Am I, is this an emperor's new clothes situation? Am I seeing something people, everyone isn't? Or am I just like not getting it? Um, so I spend a minute going through that, that like self, self like, like questioning. I often text you and I'm like, have you read this? Why is this so popular? Like I, you, I'll have that Yeah, conversation. it is very funny that we'll check in with each other to like uh, confirm our feelings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I will say, I do feel a lot better if I am reading a book that I don't like and I check in with you and you're like, mm, I don't like it either. I'm like, oh, okay, thank God. Yeah, yeah, it does. It makes you feel like, you're like, oh good, I'm not like, the buzz is like just that buzz was false buzz or it's just buzz for somebody else. Um, and then I try to give it up. I will I will try to give it up. For the most part, I will give it up. Sometimes I'll like 
stick around. I will, because of the buzz, I will stick around, which I know we advocate people not to do. But I kind of want to see where it's going, you know, um, if there's enough to keep me around. But yeah, I mean, I give it up at the end of the day if if it's just not for me. Uh, what about you? Uh, well, I want to say, I actually really love that idea of thinking about how the fact that most books you're not going to like. Most books are not um, for you. Because if you think, like, I mean, Brian and I read a fucking lot and we read a lot of books a year. Um, but even us, like, if you think about the books that we liked every year compared to all the books that came out that year, it's like literally like one in a million or something or yeah. one in a hundred thousand. Yeah. So if you're not liking a book, even if it is buzzy, it's okay. Like the numbers are against you that you're going to like a book. There's so many books that come out every year. And and this isn't just for buzzy books. I mean, I will say there's other books that definitely fall into this where people have talked about them for years and then I'll be like, okay, I'm going to try this book that everyone fucking loves. And then I don't love it. But it's the buzzy ones and it tends to be, this always happens to me, it's a new book. I got it right fresh out of the library. The steam is still coming off the pages. They just printed it and people have been talking about it and how excited they are for it. And then I started and I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm not excited about this. That that tends to be when this disappointment happens. Um, but yeah. yeah, sorry, Mallory, what do you do? Uh, always first dump it. Dump that book. Um, if, after, if I'm not into it after a few chapters, I normally dump it. Um, that being said, uh, I am in favor of giving a book a second chance. And this is actually mm. why I used to give a book a hundred pages and now I, and then I went to 50 and now I only give it a few chapters. Um, if I hate the writing or the writing style, or I just like straight up hate something about the story, like the author is like saying, like there's, uh, there's a lot of like racist descriptions of characters or fat phobia or something like that. Um, I'll just dump it or donate it and or, or return it to the library or whatever it is. Um, if I suspect that I actually might like the book, if I read it another time, I'll put it back on the shelf or return it to the library, but add it. I have a special tag on my Libby that um, is books that I like might want to give another shot. Um, and I'll just add it, add it there. And I will say there have been loads of times when I started a book, wasn't into it, put read like two or three chapters put it back and then like a year later tried again and really liked it sometimes even like absolutely fucking loved it and do you feel like you went back to it because you tagged it or because you saw enough people saying good stuff about it because i tagged it because there was something in the back of my brain because and this is what i think a lot of readers struggle with is like this weird disconnect between the idea that you it like you should like a book and you you aren't liking a book like it's in what normally happens to me is that if a book has something like in my wheelhouse um and i pick it up and i'm just not into it right now um actually this is something that happens to me quite frequently um uh you we really want to read a book but it's like really dense maybe it's a honker it's like really involved it's not like a light light comfort read and you're just really stressed out and you're like you know what i'm just not in the mood to read read this mm -hmm. right now that mm -hmm. happens to me quite a bit yeah um but so Bria, if you are, you will, you will try to push through sometimes. I'll try to push through a it. little bit just to do like a skim. I'll start skimming to be like, is there something I'm not getting here? But most of the time, no, I just let it go. And like, for example, there was a recent sequel of a book. I loved the first one. And then I got the sequel and I was like, oh, I just, I'm not excited about this. And you know what? No one ever fucking asked me about that sequel. I think people were caught up in the buzz of it, but I don't feel like a lot of people were as into the sequel as they were hoping they would be. I feel like that sequel kind of got like left on the sidelines, whereas the first book was people really loved. Um, so I think 
sometimes there's just like, you know how it is. There's like collective energy around something uh, and people are excited about it. But then after a while, people are like, eh, it wasn't really that great. And they just kind of move on. Like no one's ever talking about it again. What about uh, you? So you never try to push through. I used to. I don't anymore. I don't bother with it. So for me personally, I think it's a waste of time. I'd rather, because my, my whole thing is I'd rather give it a second chance later than when I mm-hmm. might be more into it than try to muscle through when I know I'm not going to enjoy it now. A lot of readers will relate to me. I, I used to be really reluctant to try to, like, if I got something from the library, it'd be like, this is my one chance. I got to read it. And I, I had to, like, teach myself, like, no, it's okay. You could just return it and give it to someone who wants to read it right now and get it again. You can re- get it from the library again. Mm-hmm. You can get it from the library infinite amount of times if you want to. Um, so I've gotten a lot better about um, uh, just being like, okay, this isn't for me right now. I am going to uh, just return it to the library and read it again. Um, uh, a good example is a book I read recently called uh, it's a YA book, a YA horror book called Horrid by Katrina Lino. And the first time I got it, I, I got an ebook from the library and I just started reading it and I just like wasn't into it. And I was like, you know what? This is a horror book about a, um, about a haunted house. Like I feel like if I had give was, can give this book another chance at another time, I'd be really into it. And then like a month or two later, that's exactly what happened. I got it from the, I, I was looking through that tag that I have on my Libby account and I got it again and I read it and I really liked it. Like it, it so rather than like pushing through, cause reading is such a subjective experience. And I think so much, something that we don't talk enough about on the show is that sometimes liking a book is like where you are in that moment in time, yeah. in your life. If you're stressed out, if you have a lot of reading time, um, if you are, I don't know, Maybe you just went through something bad in your life. Like maybe you just suffer, like went through a loss and you're like, don't, don't want to read a book about death right now. You know, there's a bazillion reasons why that particular moment in time um, is not right for reading a book. And I think that's such a big part of what makes us like a book that we, uh, that's, and it's, we don't talk about it enough because it's so, you can't choose it. It's like so indefinable. Um, so rather than pushing through at a moment that might not be right, I just, uh, this is why the library is so great. I was like, all right, cool. I'll just return this. Some other person can read it whenever. And then when I'm in a different position in life, when I have more time or my, you know, like you said earlier, my brain's a little bit different. Your brain's changing all the time. Brain's changing every day. Uh, and I, um, I, I got it back and a few months later and, and read it. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Why do, why? I, and I couldn't, I was like, why did I not get into this before? I, I, yeah. I'm very interested to see if listeners have had that experience of like picking up a book that they had previously put back down and been like, why didn't I, why didn't I like this? Cause that, that's often what happens to me. So, um, I think it saves me a lot of time, a lot of reading time, a lot of reading angst. Uh, and, um, although I will say if I get far enough and, and tell me if this happens to you, sometimes I'll, be lukewarm enough on a book that I'll keep trying a little bit and then you get far enough in and I'm like I'm just gonna skim to the finish yeah that's I will do that yeah that's what I just said I said uh yeah I will do like a quick skim to see like what I'm missing out on uh but uh but but yeah that's only if I get far enough I mean obviously if it's at the beginning if I'm you know less than 10% in if I'm 10% in I will I will I will drop it I will drop books as late as like 30% into the book like a third of the way through I'll still drop it yeah but if I'm same if I go farther than that, I would still encourage people to drop it at any point in time, but I will say sometimes I will try to power through. Not always. I will I will give up a book on a book pretty late, honestly. We got it. We got I remember we got a listener email about someone who read a big fantasy book and uh, put it down 400 pages in. Wow. And I was like, "Damn. That you. is I you. am a 
that I admire the fuck out of that being like, you know what? No, I have put all this time into this book, but I'm not enjoying it and I'm not going to let it take any more of my time. No, <laughs> I love that. Um, so please listeners, let us know if, if this happens to you, what you do in this situation, you can send your thoughts to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. Before we test out some book tech, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is supported in part this week by Al Crate Jr. We love Al Crate Jr. It is so cute. Whether you have a voracious young bookworm in your life or are looking for a fun way to encourage a reluctant reader, Al Crate Jr. is the perfect subscription for kids ages 8 to 12. So Al Crate Jr. is a subscription box for kids. Every box is carefully put together to encourage curiosity, creativity, and imagination. Each one includes a brand new hardcover middle grade novel, an exclusive letter, and a signed book or book plate from the author, and activities and goodies to go along the book's theme. Best of all, they ship right to your door, starting for only $27.99 a month plus shipping. So past themes include wild beasts, elements in alchemy, epic quests. Who doesn't love an epic quest? And more. Uh, This is such a cute idea for a young reader in your life. This is a great idea uh, for uh, your children, for your friends' children, for your nieces and nephews, or maybe, you know, just for yourself. So go to alcratejunior.com and save 15% on your first subscription or non-renewing gift with the code GLASSES at checkout. That's alcratejunior.com and save 15% with that code GLASSES. Put it in at checkout. Glasses. Congratulations, you've won a ticket to attend an exclusive opportunity in a relaxing environment with two lovers. Wow. Well, this sounds like a sort of proposition of sorts, but really it's an ad for our podcast. Wonderful. It's a show we do here on Maximum Fun where we talk about things that we like and things that we're into. I'm Rachel McElroy, and you just heard Griffin McElroy, and we are excited for you to join us as we talk about movies and music and books. Things like sneezing or the idea of rain. (laughs) (laughs) Can you get news or information you can use? Absolutely you cannot, because we're here to talk to you about pumpernickel bread. You can find new episodes on Wednesdays. So catch, catch the wave! Now let's look at some book tech advances in bookish technology. Uh, this week we're testing out a bookish mug and a bookish wine glass that Lorianne and maybe Danielle uh, sent in. Um, we yeah, we, Danielle, we, we, we have a spreadsheet, and I think I messed it up. But Danielle, I think you sent in. Uh, I think you sent in one of these, and I'm sorry. Uh, but thank you, thank you, whoever sent these in. Apologies. Um, so Bria, tell us about the mug. You tested out the mug. What do you think? Do you, By like, the way, do you like a bookish mug? I think a lot of our I, listeners are, are 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 predisposed to love a bookish mug. It's true. I'll, although I, I keep telling Mallory we have to change this section. We need to call it bookish gifts or something or book. Because testing a mug, does it keep the beverage warm? It does. Does it have any holes in it that spills water? No, it has a handle for drinking. It's a mug. It is a functional mug. Um, but basically this one is very cute. It says, uh, do I need, yes, I really do need all of these books, and it has, I drink out of it all the time. It has a bunch of books on it. I'll put a photo of it on our Instagram. Um, I have mini mugs. I will say I'm 
possibly a collector of mugs. I have so goddamn many mugs. I have a full cabinet of mugs, and I find I do reach for this one because it's very cute, and I like having it in meetings because... Right now, you know, I'm still doing a lot of Zoom meetings and people will be like, oh, I like your little mug. So if it gets a little shout out, I usually do this one or like a horror themed one. And I think that that uh, gets people's attention. So, I mean, five out of five, this is a functional mug. It has never, it has never once, the water has never gone through the bottom of the mug. It has never accidentally thrown water in my face. I don't know how to review a mug. water out of a mug? No, I mean, I drink hot water, tea, yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to say. I'm just trying to make jokes about how it's not, it's hard to review a mug. I think we should call this a book gift. Well, well, I mean, my, I I did actually review mine. Okay. All right. Okay. I mean, I'm reviewing. I'm giving it a five out of five stars. It's very cute. It's very cute. Well, uh, yeah, I did. I tested mine out because I, there's an element to mine um, that I think is, is helpful for readers. Okay. Go ahead. What had, what did you feel about the wine glasses? So I got the wine glass, which is, and the thing that I, that I, that is the book tech part of it. And I think the thing, the part that I tested out for the show is it's stemless. Oh, And yes. if you are someone who likes to drink wine while you are reading, which is me, um, stemless, I think is the way to go. So it's a stemless mug or stemless gla- wine glass it, and it's clear. And it says, when I think about books, I touch my shelf, which is very, very funny fucking hilarious and I really like this glass this I give this five out of five pages so I everyone knows I'm not as big of a reading snacker as Bria is I like to drink when I'm reading it's my favorite thing in the world um and if you like drinking wine when you read a stemless glass is the way to go it's way easier to pick up when you're not looking at it because if you are Ah, uh, interesting if you have a wine glass that has a stem you might like knock your hand into Mm -hmm, it mm because it's higher up it's got that little little thin stem. And the stemless glasses are harder to tip over. Oh, yeah. Heavy bottoms. So I definitely think, think a stemless wine glass is the superior way to drink wine and read. Um, wow. Although they do have those impossible to spill wine glasses. That oh, I'm yeah. About. We should have it's those. sort of like a sippy cup, but for adults. I'm adding those to our, 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 our wish list right now. <laughs> I'm very intrigued. But, yes, I think that um, a, a mug is easy to... to uh, to to drink while you're reading it's short easy to grab but i think if you are someone who likes to read read at night with a nice glass of wine go for a stemless glass maybe go for this one it says when i think about books i touch my shelf it gets that song stuck in my head every time (laughs) i wish someone would record a like that book version like a parody of uh of this song this would be that would make me really happy Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm so you can send your ideas for book tech to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. We have a Amazon wish list, which is which Bria is updating right now. It's the link is always in the show notes and you could check it out and uh, possibly send us something from that. Time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Laura writes in, I'm writing to you with a bit of a good problem. I recommend the book, the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid to everyone I know. Usually it's people coming to me saying, I want to read more, but I haven't gotten into a book in a really long time. And I find this is the book to get them back into it. It's gripping and approachable if you're not a big reader. Everyone has come back saying they love it so much. My problem is that I just recommended this book to my girlfriend in this exact circumstance. And now there's so much pressure. She just finished the book and said, outside of Harry Potter, I never thought I'd feel this way about a book again. I'm so glad I was able to give this feeling to her, but now I want to follow it up with another great book recommendation. And I'm not sure which one. She loved Evelyn, obviously, because she was queer, and I think the old Hollywood aspect was also interesting. There are other uh, Taylor Jenkins Reid's novels, which I also love, but I, but 
as they are not all queer love stories, I'm not sure she's going to like them as much. Hoping you maybe have some great recommendations that could be my follow-up for everyone I tell this book, maybe so that I can hook people back into reading and make them realize reading isn't boring. They've just been choosing the wrong books all along. Bria, what do you think that Laura should do? Uh, first of all, this book is on my my list. It's the last book I have to read with the seven or eight number in the title. Um, but I've been waiting for it from the library forever. So now I'm going to read it as soon as possible after this recommendation because this is such a glowing recommendation. Um, second of all, uh, you're never going to find this book you're looking for. <laughs> I'm just going to let you know right now. I don't think the perfect book for everyone exists. And the fact, I don't think the perfect book for everyone exists. But I do think there is a book for your friend group and maybe the people you surrounded yourself with, which is the perfect book for them. And maybe you found like a common wheelhouse for all these people. So from what I'm hearing, it seems like queer love stories, literary fiction and old Hollywood. And maybe you can pull a couple of other things out of this book. Also, um, well, I think literary fiction probably covers the writing style. Um, And I think if you can find something that fits into like two or three of the Evelyn Hugo category and you can find something that people might enjoy. So uh, again, not a queer love story, but uh, literary fiction in old Hollywood or old theater, City of Girls comes to mind. Um, But but I haven't read, uh, since I haven't read the Evelyn Hugo book, I have no idea. Uh, Is it uplifting? Um, What's the main character like? I think you should go through and think about those things and... um, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it next and I'm going to give you some recs, okay, uh, based on it. But um, I, I'm i I'm concerned this Goldilocks book probably doesn't exist, you know, the one that's not too hot, not too cold, is just right for everybody. But I do think <laughs> you can find this wheelhouse that you have created because you talked about exactly what you think is drawing to the people to this book and you can find books similar to that book. Um, and I'm so excited to read this book now that Laura has written this in. Um what is your advice for Laura? Can she find the perfect book? Uh, Laura, I think instead of putting yourself on the hook to become a recommendation machine, uh, you need to teach your girlfriend to figure out her wheelhouse. Uh, I think it's sort of the, it's the same thing that Bria was saying. I think it's the book version of teaching someone to fish so they never have to go hungry again. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know. Teach a person a wheelhouse. They'll never ask you for a book wreck again. I, that's not a great, I didn't do it well. But that, that that's, I mean, that's basically it. You know, I think, I, I think Laura picked up on the first thing, queer books for sure. I think maybe girl, her girlfriend's starter wheelhouse is like queer characters, maybe historical fiction. Um, I say the same thing of all the people who keep coming back and asking for more books. Instead of feeling obligated to be to be the sole source of book recommendations for them, I think I would ask them to figure out what they liked about the book. And then they can look for other books that are in that wheelhouse. You know, like Bria said, you know, are you looking for... Oh, old Hollywood are you looking for historical fiction are you looking for queer characters and, and maybe zero in a little bit on the reading pathways thing are you are they glomming on to books that are um character driven or more plot driven or have really cool settings or like have really lyrical prose um and I and I because it's it's not a skill that we're ever like taught in schools and we get a lot of listener feedback from folks who are like now that I started thinking about my reading life from through the perspective of my wheelhouse I've able to start finding more books that I like um, and I think if more people were able to do that, um, more people would find books that they like. And, mm-hmm. um, even, even people who are, um, who are like Laura's girlfriend who like don't read a ton, think maybe think reading is boring. They just haven't been like, none of us have been taught to find the things that they like and find the things that they're interested in. And, um, 
it's awesome that that um this Taylor Jenkins Reid book was able to hook them. Um, but I think maybe all of the, all of Laura's friends and her girlfriend probably liked something a little bit different from it. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, maybe someone mm-hmm. else, like yeah. clearly Laura's bro- girlfriend really liked the queer parts, um, maybe the old Hollywood, but maybe somebody else liked the particular character. Like we don't, mm-hmm. we, neither of us have read this book, so we don't know what the main character is, but maybe there's something about Evelyn Hugo and all her husbands that really stuck out to somebody. Um, that being said, just as an emergency backup, you think maybe Red, White, and Royal Blue will be good for her girlfriend by Casey McQuiston? I have no idea. Your stories. I mean, for- I, it's hard, it's hard to say. I mean, I feel like the writing style is probably pretty different, and like the world is very different, and it's not historical. Um, could try it. Could definitely give it a try. I think it is a very good recommendation that people tend to tend to like. But I love this idea of a Swiss Army recommendation. Uh, I don't think it, I do. I, look, I have a couple Swiss Army recommendations that I feel like work for the people I know in my life. Um, but I feel like, wow, I'm excited to read this one because so, I hope it becomes one of those for me. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I, I think uh, I think figuring out what the what the, everyone's wheelhouse is and what they like about this book is perfect. Yeah. I, what What is your like your your Swiss Army book? Um, one is Convenience Store Woman. Um. I feel like it's a good book for people because I, and it's not genre, which is good. Um, let me think about what other ones I have. I, I, if a person is into genre, I will like recommend like Paul Tremblay or, or Grady Hendrix uh, books. Um, what, what is yours? Do you have a Swiss Army, Swiss Army knife wheelhouse? I mean, wheelhouse book. You know, it's Priest Daddy by Patricia Lockwood. Oh, right. Of course. I've never met, uh, I've never met a person who didn't like Priest Daddy. We have gotten some emails from people who are like, I'm so sorry. I didn't like Priest Daddy. That's totally fine. Um, but mm-hmm. it's definitely my go-to um, book because I feel like it's so accessible and so many different kinds of people would like it. Um, who knows? Maybe, I mean, it's not, a, not, there's no queer, queer aspects to it, but maybe Laura Scroverin will like Priest Daddy. Um, but yeah, I think, um, it's tough because when you are a reader and you really you really want all the people in your life to read because you have so much fun with it and you love it so much, uh, and there's a lot of folks who, from whatever reason, grad school, not being taught books that they like in school, not being taught how to find books that they like, are just not not readers, think reading's boring, whatever. Uh, and I do want to say, Laura, you are not responsible for making the world loving. Make, for, you're not responsible for making the world uh a more readerly place. It's not your responsibility, mm-hmm. but it is awesome that you are trying. And, uh, I think we, both of us think that the best way to go about maybe, um, uh, making this a little bit easier on you and make it a little more sustainable for your friends and your girlfriend is helping them find books that they like. Mm-hmm. So if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, if you want to buy Reading Glasses stuff, there's tote bags and shirts and stickers in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show and want to do something for us for free, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It's great for us. Helps us reach more listeners. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast. Man, I'm still mad that Reading Glasses was taken on Twitter. And the person mm-hmm. who has the reading glass, just straight up reading glasses account doesn't use it. Oh, Didn't you like you write con- to Twitter and like. You can, you can contact. I think Twitter one of us did phone. and it didn't work. Oh, I didn't. Whoever owns the reading glasses, Twitter handle, please let us have it. Mm-hmm. Um, on Instagram at reading glasses podcast, you can th- thanks for listening and thanks for reading. Thanks for reading. <laughs>